back to the Friendship Bread Podcast. I'm Alma, and I'm here with Crystal. Hello. We love to have real and honest conversations about life and how the conservative culture that we both grew up in shaped our mindsets. Yes, we do. It truly is fall. It really is. It has been quite brisk. Yes. I feel like a switch flipped and... It's like, it's like, it's really fall now. It's October. Yes. It's like we hit October and the sunshine kind of disappeared. (laughs) Like, where is the warmth? Gone. Today was really nice and sunny, but even though it was sunny, it was still very breezy and there was just a A chill in the air. Chilliness. Yeah, chill in the air. I like that way of Definitely. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I love October. Oh, yeah. I do, too. I love fall. I think, though, it caught me a little off guard in that it kept going back and forth for so long. It really did. That it was like, oh, wait, what? No, it's gone now? Like, it's gone, gone? Yeah. (laughs) So I was kind of, I think I didn't realize that I was kind of enjoying the, oh, here's a chilly day. Okay, now here's a warm day. Warm me Mm -hmm. back up again. And I'm just like... Oh, wait, wait, we're supposed to have more warm days. <laughs> Where's the warmth? We'll see gone. it next year. <laughs> next month is already November and I'm, wow, just wow. Next year is almost here. That's what that means. Did I say next year is already November? No, I think you said next month. Next month. Okay. I'm pretty sure you said next month. <laughs> we could both be wrong, but I think you said next month. Okay. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Um. Did you have a breadcrumb? I do. I can't wait to hear it. Tonight, I got to do something I have been wanting to do for probably, I would say, three years now. Wow. I went to a salt room with my friend, and it was amazing. That sounds amazing. It was absolutely amazing. It was just relaxing and refreshing I definitely walked out of there feeling different than I did going in. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it was amazing. Can you explain a little bit what a salt room is? Well, there's, they had like this like fireplace made out of salt blocks. And there was like light coming from in there. And there was just like salt lamps all over the room, like the Himalayan salt lamps. And I mean like huge ones, like over a foot tall. Okay. Wow. Massive. Was amazing, and the floor was literally covered with salt. Were you barefoot? No, you were little like you know, like the booties when somebody like brings something to your house. Oh yes, and they put those on over their shoes. You put those on over your feet. I did stick my feet down in the salt with. I didn't take those off, but it felt good to put my feet on top of the salt. That makes on the sense. So. so, are you not allowed to go barefoot? I guess not. Interesting. To me, it would seem like kind of grounding almost. I think it would too, but, you know, it's probably because multiple people come through and... That's a really good point. Foot <laughs> Don't germs. Don't want all their foot germs. Yeah. <laughs> I am, but, okay, now I'm back to, okay. Yeah, and then they put you in like, um, oh, what are those chairs called? I don't know. Reclining chairs? Yeah, it was like the like the lounge like the outdoor type lounge, oh, lounge chairs. chairs. Yeah. yeah, that's a good word. And they recline you 
and put a blanket over you. And it's just, it's so cozy. It's, it's literally, actually, it's the perfect fall activity. You just go somewhere and it's like semi darker and cozy and like get to huddle up under a blanket. Yes, it was very, very much so. That's amazing. But yeah. Anyway, that's my breadcrumb. Check that one off my bucket list. I really like that breadcrumb. And I love how there's things in our lives that everyone's like, oh, I really want to go do that. Mm -hmm. But like we never do. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah. I've wanted to do it for how long? Yeah. And then you do it and you're like, why haven't I not? Why have I not done this before? Yes. Now I'm like, "Um, can I go every week? Yeah. Thank you. That'd be great. That should just be a winter. Like, this should be till spring comes. You should do it once a week. Like. Yeah. 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 It's like it's like a form of therapy. Yeah. Absolutely. So what's your breadcrumb, Alma? My breadcrumb is that my little sister came and spent the night at my house last night. She didn't have... We're recording this on a Monday. Mm-hmm. And they had like a teacher's day mm-hmm. today. Cool. And so she spent the night and got to spend the day with me, even though we didn't do all that much because I cleaned a lot, but. That's still fun. Yeah. It was fun having her over here. She hasn't spent the night in a really long time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I like, I got married really young and she was really young Mm -hmm. because she's 11 years younger than me. And so I was thinking about it the other day and. She's my sibling, but I really didn't live in the same house as her for very long. Mm-hmm. And it made me really sad. I was like, and so I, I don't know. I really don't take it for granted when she gets to come over and spend the night. And, you know, time just goes so quickly. And I can't yeah. believe she's already as old as she is. And time just goes by so quickly. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so anyways, that's my breadcrumb for this week. I never thought about that. Like, she would have been, like, as old as my daughter mm-hmm. when you got married. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. I totally get what you mean, though, because I sometimes feel like my youngest sister was also around the same age when I went to India and Nepal, and I was gone for a year. Mm-hmm. And then after I came back, I didn't really live in the same house for her, as her very long. Mm-hmm. So it's I definitely, get what you mean. Yeah, it's I, – I hadn't really ever thought about it before and it hit mm-hmm. me that my brothers got to live with her longer than I did. Mm-hmm. And I was the one who wanted a little sister. Yeah. <laughs> but – Choices you made, right? <laughs> yeah, choices I made, and that's just how it works out when you're 11 years older than... Yeah. I mean, my husband, Tanner's um, oldest brother, was 17 when he was born. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, about to go off to college. I think there's a picture of him holding newborn Tanner going mm-hmm. off to his senior prom. So he, like, you know, graduated high school and went to college right after Tanner was born. So... That's an even shorter time. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is. But yeah, being an oldest is, we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. it's very bittersweet. Yeah. Especially if you have like quite a few siblings and then, you know, the the younger, younger ones that you didn't get to live with as long. So anyways, rambled about that for a little while now. Today we have a guest on the podcast. 
It's me. <laughs> you are the guest. Yeah, so... Oh my gosh, does that mean I'm doing a solo episode? <gasps> with a guest? Oh my goodness, I think that's what it means. Oh my goodness. Okay, now I feel intimidated. Crystal's being so brave. Whew! All right. <laughs> okay. We talked about last week that Crystal really is trying her best <laughs> to avoid doing a solo episode. I have been very successful for an entire year. Yeah. So if nothing else, I'm proud of my track record thus far. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't blame her. Um, We talked about that we could do, that technically I could do this episode solo, but it is more fun having someone to just talk to. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's a lot more fun. Yeah. Um, Basically, as you, if you listened to last week's episode, we talked about that we have actually never really shared our full stories of what happened when we left the Amish and everything. So, we were both pretty young, but this week, I guess I'm going to share my story. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Alma, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I feel like they already know everything. <laughs> um... Tell me something I don't know. That you don't know? Yeah. You know I did pole vault in high school, right? No, I don't think I knew that. You knew. Did I? You had to have known. Yeah, I, I, I'm i sure you did. Well, then I forgot. Yeah, I did pole vault in high school. It's been a busy, I had a busy weekend, so we can just, <laughs> let's just blame it on that. It got erased. <laughs> that one's always my go-to for something that, when people ask something that they don't know, I I did track for three years, and my, like, non-running part of it was uh-huh. pole vault. I did know that you did track. Mm-hmm. I just didn't remember that you did pole vault. Yeah, and I sprained my elbow in high school during oh. a track meet not doing pole vault. Okay. <laughs> I, am sen- I am sensing, though, like, I'm not sensing. Um, suddenly things are coming into perspective, though. You like flying through the air and falling yes. from great heights. So yeah. suddenly the jumping from airplanes makes a little more sense. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I I really enjoyed pole vault. The, it was really more of just a fun thing. I was not very good at it. I'm very short. I can't jump very high. But it um, we didn't have, like, a coach who really, like, knew how to teach pole vault till mm. the third year I was doing it. So then I started making progress, but it did not. Like, it wasn't enough. I, I really sh- – like – freshman year when I first started pole vaulting Mm -hmm. I should have had that coach then but anyways yeah it's all right and then senior year of high school I did not do track because we moved halfway through my senior year of high school we moved uh, my family moved from oh my goodness sometime I'm gonna have to tell the full story of Tanner and I's dating yes story because we met when I was eight um I don't know if this is the episode for that, but <laughs> there's a lot of details to this that. This is not the love story episode. <laughs> do you want, should, do we need to pivot? Is this the love story know. episode? Is it? <laughs> it can be it if can you be want both. it to. Um, if you want it to be. But anyways, halfway through my senior year of high school, my family moved from Michigan to Ohio and started attending the church where I met Crystal. Mm-hmm. And Crystal was pregnant with her first son at the time. Mm-hmm. And we knew each other through church, but we weren't really, like, talking. 
It was like, oh, hi, it's nice to see you. How are you? I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. And then several years later, we really became good friends. Yep. Um, but anyway, so senior year of high school, I did not do track because I was not in Michigan Wait, for the track meets. I have a question. Yes. After you moved, did you go to the high school that was closest to where you lived? No. I finished out my senior year of high school online. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. And I... I can't remember exactly how it worked out. I think the first semester we knew we were going to be moving. So I worked with my counselor and we figured out what credits I need to be needed to be taking. And then the second semester of high school of my senior year, I mean, I needed like two credits, I think, to finish my to get my diploma. Okay. Did I ever tell you that I graduated as the valedictorian in my class? No, I did. And you weren't even there. I I was. I oh, went back for graduation. You did? My okay. whole family did. Good. Yeah. That's we, amazing. We went back for graduation, and I had to make a valedictorian speech. Oh. What did you say in your speech? Oh, I, I honestly don't remember at all. <laughs> was it like the typical, like, as I look back on these last four years? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> but I also remember talking about that I think I told everyone they're going to fail. And it's okay. That it's okay to make mistakes. So still very true to myself. <laughs> yes, that's very on brand. Um, yeah, very on brand for me. But yeah, I there's something you didn't know about me. There we go. I was born in New York. Mm-hmm. In a little tiny Amish community. I remember almost none of it. I have a very fa- vague memory of going to visit my grandparents and my uncle was there, and uh, there were several other nieces and nephews there. And so me and my brother and my other nieces and nephews were taking turns throwing popcorn and trying to land it in his mouth. Mm-hmm. And so I have that very vague memory. And then I also remember walking home from church one Sunday with two of my aunts, and they were doing the thing where you, like, swing between mm-hmm. – their yes. arms, yeah. And we were walking past a field and there were llamas. And to this day, llamas are one of my favorite animals. I was just going to say that explains why you like llamas yeah. so much. I think it's literally like it's one of the very first memories I have my mm-hmm. whole life. I also remember the field where our horses stayed in. They're the blackberry bush. And I remember my very, very first memory or – Okay, honestly, I don't know the order of these, but <laughs> this one's the foggiest, mm-hmm. is that my, we called it a baby buggy, but it was like one of those little, not a stroller because he was like newborn, but like, okay. what do you call those? It's like a bassinet, but on wheels. Oh, yeah. I know what you mean. I don't know what to call it. Yeah, I don't know. As In the Amish, we called it a baby buggy. My second brother, so not the brother right after me, but the um, the one after him. Uh-huh. The third in the birth order yeah. was newborn, and he was in the baby buggy. And we, my dad and my mom and us three kids, were in the field, and we, my parents were picking blackberries, and our horse, our wonderful buggy horse, mm-hmm. came walking over, probably very gently. I don't know, but as a kid, as kids, we were like terrified of her, and so my brother and I ran over to the baby buggy and like all but climbed into it to try to like protect him. Oh no! And I very, very, very vaguely remember my dad saying like, "Lucky, go." 
Mm-hmm. And our horse's name was Lucky. And so those are my three memories from New York before we moved. And then I have one memory of the day we were moving and we were getting into the moving truck and I said goodbye to my favorite aunt, which I know, I don't, I was talking about, about this with someone recently. Like, did you have a favorite aunt growing up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, like, I would never want to say which of my nieces or nephews mm-hmm. would be my favorite because I don't have a favorite of nieces and nephews. But an aunt, as a child, I had a favorite aunt. Oh, yeah. And um, so I, I remember saying goodbye to her. Yeah. Anyways, we moved out of New York when I was three. And we moved to Michigan and we joined another Amish community. But... The reason we moved from the first one, and I don't want to speak for my parents too much, and someday I think it'd be cool to have either my mom or dad on here and they can share more of their perspective, Mm -hmm. but from, this is my perspective. Yeah. What I've been told over the years and everything, and- To the best of your recollection. Yes, to the best of my recollection, my experience Mm -hmm. with leaving the Amish. Um, So when I was three years old- it was actually probably before I was three because it built up for a time. Um, my dad actually, so in the Amish, ministers and bishops and what those people, the leadership gets chosen by lots. Mm-hmm. They put like pieces of paper in books and then whoever, oh, but they also nominate who's going to be in the running. Like the church votes on who's who they think would be a good mm-hmm. option to be a minister. And so my dad got put into the lot. I think if I'm, okay, I could be remembering this wrong, but I think somebody said that they actually put it into the, um, isn't it called the Osbond? Their hymnal? Probably. I don't know I think what that's book where, it's I in. think that's where they put the slips of paper because I think they said it's like a specific page number. Okay. That they put it out. It could very well be. But I could be wrong. I don't know that specific of it, but it that sounds like them. That makes sense to me. Um, so then whoever draw, whoever picks up the book that mm-hmm. has the piece of paper in it is the one who drew the lot, basically. Yeah. So my dad, um, as a very young 21-year-old guy, got put in the lot and he drew it. He became a minister at a very young age. Um, not a bishop, minister. He got put in the leadership position and through certain circumstances, reading the Bible more because he was a minister... Mm-hmm. Um, he started questioning certain things, mm-hmm. like certain things didn't make sense to him. And he was like, why are we doing things the way we are? And then he found out that his sister had been like secretly meeting with an English man who was a driver for the community. And he was teaching her, they were having like mini Bible studies mm-hmm. and he was like teaching her about the Bible and what the Bible says and letting her read an English Bible, which in the community that my parents, that we were a part of, you couldn't, it was like against the rules to have an English Bible in your home. Mm -hmm. It was wrong. It had to be German. And so you can imagine as, even though they speak Pennsylvania Dutch, they don't speak German or high German as they call it Mm -hmm. in the Amish. And so what they're reading, they're not actually completely comprehending. Yeah. So... Reading an English Bible was a very big deal. And so he found out and him and my mom started like asking my aunt questions and being like, what's going on? You guys seem different. Like, what are you doing? And so she eventually told them what was going on. And so they 
started to become a part of this little Bible study group. And in a, my grandma, I guess, kind of sensed something was going on. And our house, my parents' house, was down the hill and through some woods. Like there was woods on the hill from my Mm -hmm. grandparents' house. And my grandma one night, when she suspected something was going on, walked down in the dark through the woods down the hill looked in my parents' window, saw what was going on, didn't come in the house, didn't notify them nothing that she was there, went back up to her house and told my grandpa what was going on. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, I I don't remember all the details, but Mm -hmm. I believe that is when my grandpa and probably my uncles too confronted my dad. And from there... I believe, again, don't know all the details, but I believe from there things just kind of moved forward and eventually... um, Now, how old were you at that point? I'm not exactly sure. Probably around three. Okay. Two or three. And so from there, things progressed and my parents got shunned. Mm-hmm. and decided to move to Michigan to join another Amish community. And I don't remember... So I didn't realize that they were shunned before they were actually leaving the Amish. Well, I, I might have to re-say that. I think that my... I think from there they were given the option of either quitting what they were doing mm-hmm. and not questioning things, just let it go, and they would still be okay in the Amish church. They would just have to repent. Mm-hmm. Or they were going to be shunned. Mm -hmm. And so they decided to move. um, They moved to Michigan. And there they joined another little Amish community that was a more progressive Amish community. Okay. Um, The bishop there basically claimed that they didn't believe that they needed to be Amish in order to go to heaven, but they were still living as and dressing as Amish people so that they could reach other Amish people. Interesting. Yeah. But in the long run, it was still a very, like, they still dealt with the same things that you deal with in the Amish Mm -hmm. of control and all that stuff. Yeah. And so... After when I was seven, we officially, officially left the Amish. And my dad had become a bishop in that church in Michigan. And then, yeah, that church ended up going through a church split, and a lot of families moved to, they kind of just moved, several families moved to Montana. I, they kind of just went all over. That church mm-hmm. split up. So then that, when I was seven, so I guess four years probably after we moved to Michigan, we officially, officially left the Amish. Okay. So that's kind of what I think of. And I remember that part more. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I got to wear pants. I remember the first time I got to wear shorts. I remember the first time I got to wear my hair down. Um, We were going to a chiropractor at the time. And I... The first time I ever wore my hair down was for our chiropractor appointment. I think my parents felt like it was a very safe place to, like, test yeah, things test out. Yeah, test it out. And so I got to wear my hair down in a very long braid. And I looked back at pictures and I could sit on my hair. It was very, very long. And I was only seven. 
I remember feeling self-conscious going into the grocery store wearing shorts. It was, it's so bizarre. And I remember driving with my dad somewhere one time, um, a little while after we had already left, and mm-hmm. asking him, Dad, did you ever think you would have a daughter that would wear pants? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, no, I really didn't. <laughs> That's hilarious. And... So after that, my parents started, there was several other families in the community that had also decided to leave the Amish. And so they had started going to this little Bible study group. And so my parents also went there. And then over the years, we kind of went through a series of different churches. And it's almost like I don't really know how else to explain it except that the views became more progressive and more progressive and, like, Mm -hmm. less legalistic Yeah, over the, like, each different church we went to. And I think that that is a very common experience for a lot of people who leave the Amish if they leave the Amish for religious reasons. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's – I would say that the reason my family left the Amish was very much for – spiritual religious Mm -hmm. reasons they didn't agree with the theology anymore and they were able to see where scripture was being manipulated to control and instill fear into people instead of actually providing a basis for faith and you know so that's kind of i guess my experience with leaving the amish i still remember very much the buggy rides I remember a lot of most aspects of being Amish, but I feel like a lot of the things that older people experience, I I still consider myself second generation because I never actually joined the church. I was never baptized into the Amish church Mm -hmm. and I didn't have to deal with losing my siblings or my parents. So when we left... When we, when we left New York, actually, we were shunned by both sides of my family. We were shunned by both my mom and my dad's side of the family. My dad, or no, my grandpa was the bishop. My mom's dad was the bishop of the church we were mm-hmm. a part of at that time. And so he was the one who had to shun us. And so I remember going back for funerals and we would have to eat in separate rooms as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, one funeral in particular was that stood out to me a lot because we were in the basement like Mm -hmm. an entirely different section of the house as them and there was a whole separate table set up and there was another family that had also left the Amish that came back for the funeral and for some reason we didn't eat lunch at the same time we like our family ate lunch and then they like cleared the table and we had to leave and then that family ate lunch it was very interesting but it is interesting. Yeah, I don't know. That could have just been a space issue. Looking mm-hmm. back, I honestly can't remember what the reason was for that. But it was uh, that one really stood out to me because I was old enough then to really realize, like, wow, we are completely separate. Yeah, and, and it sticks out to you when you're getting different treatment than yeah everybody else is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we looked different than everyone else. I was wearing, mm-hmm. you know, a skirt, and all the other little girls had their Amish dresses on. Mm -hmm. So it was very, I don't think till I got older, I realized what I missed out on because I didn't know what it was like to have grandparents. Yeah. Like you don't know what 
it's supposed to look like if you don't ever see it. Mm -hmm. So then as I got older and I had friends in high school or, you know, school when I went to school and they'd talk about their grandparents and how much of a part of their lives their grandparents were, I was like, oh, I don't have that. And I have like around 150 first cousins because my mom is one of 14 and my dad is one of seven. No, yes, seven. And so I have around 150 first cousins. Yeah, because that adds up really fast. It adds up so quick. Yeah. And so out of those, I know 11. Wow. Yeah. And so my dad's sister obviously ended up leaving the Amish. She's the one that was having the Bible studies with Mm -hmm. them. And then years later, one of my mom's brothers ended up leaving. So every I have one uncle and his family and one aunt and her family that have left the Amish and all my other aunts and uncles and cousins are still Amish. And then I have several great aunts and uncles that have left. Uh, My grandpa, who is the bishop to this day, has brothers and sisters that have left the Amish, but he's still the bishop of an Amish church. Interesting. Yeah. I keep thinking about your memory of with your aunts and the llamas, Mm -hmm. and it just makes it especially funny that I sometimes call you a llama instead of Alma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Well, like, whenever I was involved in, like, okay, when I went on, I went on a mission trip when I was 16 years old to Africa, and we were doing a group activity at one point or other, I don't know, and we had to choose animals that we weren't. I was a llama. I think someone else picked it for me. <laughs> like, the llamas have very much been like, I don't know. They you, just You have so many animals that you like. Llamas, frogs, hedgehogs, I love dachshunds. pretty much all the animals. It's insects I'm more, well, but then again, I like most insects, spiders. It's uh-huh. spiders I'm opposed to. I also think it's funny that most of your animals, it's like, Oh, a frog. That's pretty tiny. Oh, a hedgehog that's a little bigger, but also still tiny. (laughs) Dachshunds, they're like a tiny dog. And then it's like a llama. (laughs) I mean, like, that's like a major, like... True. And, and like, other animals that I want, like, if I... I would love to have, like, a little hobby farm one day. Mm -hmm. And I don't want a cow or anything, but I want a goat. And those are pretty small. And I think it'd be really fun to have chickens small. Llamas are definitely the biggest one. (laughs) Also, I mean, like, I think it's kind of funny that, like, okay, like, if dachshunds were, like, bigger and had a longer neck and longer legs, they could be a llama. (laughs) Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like, llamas are kind of, like, their body is, like, a little bit longer than some animals. Yeah, maybe so. And just, like, I don't know. I've always thought that dachshunds' face look like, uh, faces look like Doberman, Doberman faces. Yeah, I could see that. And I, if I have a big dog, I'd want a Doberman. Interesting. And, you know, someone else I talked to also has a mini dachshund. And I was talking to her and she said something about Doberman. And I was like, oh, I love Dobermans. And she was like, yeah, if I ever had a big dog, I'd get a Doberman. I'm like, I think it's because of the way, I think we like, yeah, like, it's a, like certain a similar look. dog type. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, bunny trail. And I'm rambling a lot. I'm just. No, I'm enjoying this. Telling you more details about my life than you really need to know. But um, (laughs) (laughs) um, what was I saying? Llamas. Oh, you. Yes, my aunts. Um. Yeah. So my parents completely lost their relationships with their parents, Mm -hmm. and you know, all but one of their siblings each, and. 
that was a lot for my parents to work through. And it's our family, my immediate family, Mm -hmm. grew up very... Now, like, that I'm older, I can look back and see we were very tight-knit, you know. We were our own little group. Like, our Mm -hmm. own little... We were our... Like, we were our entire family unit. There was no aunts and uncles. There was no cousins. There was no grandparents. It was us. Mm -hmm. And so now as we're getting older... And, you know, several of us are married. It's very fun to think about seeing our kids have cousins and growing Mm -hmm. up with cousins. We do have cousins now that we see, but we didn't grow up with them. Yeah. So it's very interesting Mm -hmm. kind of to reflect on that and see, like, my life could have been so different. Mm -hmm. Number one, if if we would have stayed Amish and I would have had relationships with those cousins. And number two... If I would have never been Amish and somehow I would have, you know, relationships mm-hmm. with those cousins. It's very interesting to reflect back on that. But I am still very grateful to be second generation because I I can't imagine. My parents were younger than I was when yeah. they left. Than I am. They're, they were younger than I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> when they left the Amish, they were, let's yeah. see, I was three when they left New York and they officially got shunned. So... My mom would have been 25 when she left. And so my dad would have been 24. Like, that's mind-blowing to me. Yeah. That at that age, you are making a decision and you're saying, you know what, this isn't what I believe and I'm going to stand on it. And I'm leaving the Amish or I'm leaving, I'm choosing to be shunned Mm -hmm. in order to believe what I believe is true going forward. To me, that just is so intense. And I would like to think that, you know, if I was put in that situation, I could do it. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I, I can't imagine living without my mom and dad. And, uh, like, my siblings. Yeah. I can't imagine growing up in the same house as all my siblings all my life. And then all of a sudden, you just don't talk to them anymore. And they think that you're going to hell. And you, like, like that is so intense. Yeah. That's know, just that's so intense. such a difficult experience that we can't even fathom simply yeah. because our parents were the ones who left. Yeah. They're the ones who went through it for us. So my life is very drastically different because of that. Over the years, things have changed. Like we are still very, so I'm not shunned. My mm-hmm. parents are the ones who are shunned. Right. So when we were younger, when we would go back, like my parents aren't allowed to eat, um, which I just found out recently, they would apparently be allowed to eat in the same room now, but it wouldn't be the same table. That's on my mom's side. On my dad's side, my dad doesn't think their community would allow them to eat in the same room as my parents. That's interesting. But on my mom's side, the community they're in, they could eat in the same room, just not the same table, which I find very interesting. Like, what is the distinction there? Mm-hmm. But over the years, my dad's dad, so my paternal grandfather, has gradually moved to stricter and stricter communities. Mm -hmm. And so he's in a community now where my parents are actually not even allowed to visit. And before this, they've been allowed to visit. They just couldn't eat or, you know, stay overnight or anything like Mm -hmm. that. But now it's actually in a community that where my parents can't even visit. And I know for a matter of fact, that's very difficult for my grandmother and so that's, it's, 
kind of crazy to see that from an outside perspective, you know, not even mm-hmm. really knowing them that well. I think it's interesting to think that you could be so convicted of something or so afraid of breaking the rules that you would be willing to go along with not seeing your own child. I know. That's what gets me. And that's what everyone's experience leaving the Amish is so different. And I think that sometimes people that I've talked to when I say like, well, the Amish, they're so, they believe so strongly and they're so deceived. They're so like, they don't, they don't know the truth. And there's a lot of people like, well, actually some Amish people do. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're actually right. I have to remember that. But the Amish I came from, they are so staunch in their beliefs and they so firmly believe in their beliefs that they have shunned my parents so harshly. And that's the Amish reality I grew up yeah. in. That's that's the Amish I knew. That's what I knew as Amish for a long, long time till we moved to Holmes County, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And here there's so many Amish and I've met <laughs> so many people yep. who left the Amish during Rumspringa or even mm-hmm. after Rumspringa and they were never shunned. Yeah. And I look at that and I'm like, why does my Amish have to be the one that hunt- that shunned us so harshly? Yeah. But it's okay. Everyone's different. Everyone's experience is different. So that's kind of where we come from. And I would love to one day have, you know, my parents' perspective, even for me. Yeah. Just, you know, a record more of it because their experience is obviously so different from mine. So over the years, it's very interesting what you hold on to from that, even though you left at such a young age, Mm -hmm. because I carried a lot of beliefs about what women are supposed to be Mm -hmm. and somehow the belief of not trusting yourself yeah we had a whole episode talking about that yeah and i don't know i think that one was from yes the amish but also churches we went to after we left the amish Mm -hmm. and all you know i think it all kind of wove itself together (laughs) And so that belief kind of stuck. So would you say that that has been the most difficult mindset for you to overcome in your life? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a tough one, honestly. Yeah. It really is. I do think it's interesting, like like how you said, like there's so many different varieties of Amish. Mm-hmm. My husband likes to call them flavors. Mm-hmm. So... I guess that means that the Amish you came from would have been the Rocky Road flavor. Um, (laughs) I like that. (laughs) All kinds of varieties. Yeah. I, I I think that as I'm saying that that's the hardest mindset, I think my perfectionism also comes from mm-hmm. my family, but also the Amish because the churches, the church that we were involved in. Yeah. They were very strict. Yeah. They had a lot of rules and you had to be good in order to get to heaven. And that really ties perfection. I think, I feel like Amish in general already ties perfectionism mm-hmm. into just, you know, the way that they live their lives and the things that they do, their culture. Mm-hmm. So when they're more strict like that, oh, I can totally see how that comes from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's very much a, well, you have to do things right or else mm-hmm. you're not even going to consider to go to heaven. Yeah. And 
Dinah talked about her husband joining the church out of fear after uh after a cousin died after a cousin Mm -hmm. passed away yeah there's there is just such fear about not going to heaven Mm -hmm. but then they will never the the community that we came from would never ever say that you could be reassured that you're going to heaven yeah you just have to hope you have to hope Mm -hmm. and you have to do your best to live as good as possible so that you can be considered and Mm -hmm. My dad's family was very perfectionistic. Mm-hmm. And so growing up, my dad was very perfectionistic. And yeah. I became very perfectionistic. Mm-hmm. And it's taken a long time and a lot of conscious choices yeah. to work towards not being perfectionistic. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to me how something like that can translate into your everyday life yeah. and the way that you do things. Oh, for sure. It like bleeds over into everything. Yeah. And I think it's also one of those things that like we can pass down to our kids without knowing that we're passing it down even mm-hmm. because it's just exactly works like that. Exactly. And the Amish don't like my mom talks about that she was not hugged. Mm -hmm. She can count on one hand how many times her parents hugged her. There is not physical affection. There was, or in some Amish communities, there is. Mm -hmm. My mom didn't have physical affection and she, they didn't celebrate Christmas. They didn't celebrate birthdays. There's not a celebration of the person. And you weren't like, if, if you did something, it wasn't, you weren't told how good, the things you did that were good when you did that thing, you were, it was pointed out the things you did wrong. Mm-hmm. And that alone, perfectionism. Yeah. That breeds perfectionism. But it's all passed down. It's like, if if your dad did that, then you're going to do that. And you're going to do that to your kids. And then your kids do that. Like, it's it's a generational thing. And then with that comes egotism mm-hmm. and thinking that you're better than everyone else because you're doing things right yeah so it's it's like uh, it's a vicious cycle it's a vicious cycle yeah yeah it's so interesting to me every time you say they didn't celebrate birthdays or christmas because um both of my sides of the family i mean definitely i've always remember birthdays being celebrated and like Mm -hmm. my mom's side of the family always celebrated christmas like those are some of my, you know, memories from when I'm younger is all of us gathering together to celebrate Christmas. Mm-hmm. So it just blows my mind that there are Amish that don't celebrate that. Mm-hmm. You know? And my dad's family did celebrate Christmas. Mm-hmm. It was very small, mm-hmm. but it they did. They celebrated Christmas on Christmas Eve. And that's why my dad to this day still really likes Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom didn't. And my my. When my mom and my dad started dating, my dad gave her her very first birthday present because his his family did celebrate birthdays to an extent. Not wow. how we do today. Right, but, right. But it's at least acknowledged. Yeah. Yeah. And I think my mom's – my mom said that hers were acknowledged like, oh, it's your birthday today, but they didn't really do anything for it. Mm-hmm. It was like – That's just – it just blows my mind. Absolutely. Because – I mean, I would have said, if somebody had asked me, how do the Amish feel about holidays? Mm -hmm. I would have said, oh, any excuse for a family gathering. Like, everybody's going to bring food, and we are going to be eating and talking all day long. There's probably going to be some, like, game playing, and that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Because that's what my families do. 
Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I'm curious. That's something I would like to ask my mom. Like, what did they do? Like, mm-hmm. what did they get together for? Mm-hmm. And I know that they often, my parents do talk about that after they were newly married and I was a baby, that they would go, go to my parents' house for dinner just randomly, no announcement, mm-hmm. just show up for dinner. And they were completely welcome, you know, mm-hmm. at, a, at any time. And... Wait, your grandparents would come over to your house or your parents would go to your grandparents' house? My parents would go to my grandparents' house. Okay, that's what I thought you meant. Because my mom was one of the oldest of her 14 siblings or 13 siblings. One of – she was the fourth out of 14. So Mm -hmm. she had a ton of younger siblings. And so they would pile themselves – my mom and dad and – me when I was a baby, would pile themselves into their little buggy and drive over to my grandparents' house for dinner. And it's just, you know, two more mouths to feed on top of the... Already abundant. Yeah. And so they were, you know, Mm -hmm. they would... And they talk about that, that my aunts and uncles would love it when they showed up and they play with us kids. And I wish I had memories of that. I think that sounds like so fun. I bet you were the cutest baby ever. I bet so too. I wish I had pictures. I'm sorry. It's okay. I had really dark hair, apparently, like Aww. jet black hair. There's actually a picture that I have to this day in my baby book that one of my aunts clipped out of a magazine and said that it looked a lot like me. And Aww. so she saved it. And I think it's funny because they couldn't take pictures of me. Yeah. But there is a picture from a magazine that, that apparently, apparently looks like me. <laughs> like, oh, isn't that enough to say? Like, you shouldn't no. have that. I, I don't know. It, the idiosyncrasies and the, I don't want to sound too harsh, but the hip, mm-hmm. hip, hypocrisy, hypocrisy mm-hmm. in the Amish that I came from is really heavy for me. Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense. I can't reconcile it in my brain. I mean, I think I would say too, I think I would agree that there seems like, it seems like there is a lot of hypocrisy in the Amish. Yeah. And is it's just a sad truth. Yeah. So there's a very much a double standard. Yeah. And, um, and when my parents decided that they did want to leave the Amish, mm-hmm. my youngest brother was already born. No. Ugh. My... My third brother was already born. When we moved to Michigan, there was three of us. That's so there was like we were the three little musketeers. And then my third brother was born two years after my there's a two year gap and then there's another two year gap. And then my little sister was born five years after the youngest boy. So that's kind of it's the three oldest and then the three youngest. So my third my second brother was a baby when we left. And when my parents knew that they were going to leave, they got one of their English drivers to get them disposable cameras. And they started taking pictures and because they wanted pictures to remember it by. So, you know, when this episode comes out, maybe I should share some of the pictures um, that I have from those days when I was little. Yes. Still fully dressed Amish. And there's pictures of me and my two brothers and my dad he still had his Amish haircut except my dad had crazy curly hair and so it's literally an afro doesn't look like the normal bowl cut Amish guys have I I seriously I vote yes I want to see these pictures okay yeah I'll have I'll find them take some pictures and then post them when this episode comes out yes anyways 
I think I've covered most of our story leaving the Amish. Once we officially left, um, I was seven. I met Tanner a year after we left the Amish. And um, we went to public school for the first time when I was 11. So I went to public school for the first time in sixth grade. And from there on out, I didn't feel like I fit in at first. It was kind of a difficult transition, not horribly, but an interesting transition to start going to public school after being homeschooled and dressing Amish. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I was kind of catching up. But then after that, I had a very typical high school experience. Mm-hmm. And so for the first part of my life, completely Amish. My first language was Pennsylvania Dutch. And, you know, horses, riding in buggies, playing outside barefoot all day, every day. And then second half of my childhood, very typical high school, participated in sports, played soccer for a few years. Like, it's, So very English. <laughs> yeah, very English. It was a very – it took me till I was, like, in my 20s to look back and say, like, that is not a normal childhood. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's either one or the other usually. And I had very con- contrasting things mm-hmm. happen in my yeah. childhood. So, so before we like talk about anything else, what would you say is the thing that you appreciate the most about your Amish background? I think probably the sense of family. I think maybe I've said that before, the sense of community, the sense of family. Mm -hmm. My family was very tight knit and to this day is, I mean, we're all older, you know, a lot of us are moved out of the house, but we're pretty tight knit. We're pretty close as a family. And I feel like the Amish in general mm-hmm. are are pretty good at accepting like when like when my dad married my mom, he called my grandparents, his in-laws, mom and dad. Uh-huh. And my mom did the same. Like that's in the Amish that's very normal. It's just, well, you're a part of the family now. Yeah. And so I do appreciate that about the Amish. Do you know one of the things is that I appreciate? What? The brooms that you can get at, like, the Amish variety (laughs) stores. Yeah, those are very nice. Have you heard about the new one that they have now, though? No. Apparently, it's really sweeping the nation. (laughs) Good one. Good one. I love it. Did you see that coming at all? I once you said um once you asked me what new one. Oh, I heard about the man. new one. But okay. when you were first talking well, about the brooms, I'm like, "Yes, amen. Favorite broom." I know, right? Soft sweet broom. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll work on my delivery a little more next time. <laughs> I'm so tired right now. I tell you what. No, it was good. It was it was amazing. Okay. My delivery very often, you know, it's going to be a joke. Well, okay. In all fairness, Alma, you often tell me you're going to tell me the joke. That's true. So I kind of see it coming after that. (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) Very true. I don't really try to use it as a sneak attack very often. I like the sneak attacks. (laughs) What can I say? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I just, some, I've been contemplating what was said. I, I'm looking, what I said about my childhood being very contrasting. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm realizing that when I talked about in my previous solo episode, when I talked about that I 
really struggled with comparing myself to other people. Yeah. It is no wonder I had a bit of an identity crisis mm-hmm. because who was I? Yeah, like, you had which, no idea. Yeah, which part of my childhood was I the most connected to? And it makes so much sense because the first, like, coming from the Amish and having parents that had been in the Amish mm-hmm. longer than I did, like, the expectations of women are so different yeah. than they are outside of the Amish. Well- and with the experience that you had and the age that you left, like, you're old enough to remember some things. Mm-hmm. Like, I can see how you would have felt like you had, you know, a foot on either side of the fence there. Mm-hmm. And, like, which person are you? And feeling like two different people. Yeah. I mean, I think that makes total sense. Yeah. I I still can very, very perfectly remember mm-hmm. the feelings of being self-conscious that I wasn't wearing a dress mm-hmm. and like being in certain social situations around other people who were still Amish yeah and they're still wearing their dresses and mm-hmm. I'm wearing pants and feeling very like what are they thinking because mm-hmm. they must think I'm a bad person because I'm wearing pants yeah and you know like even yeah Around other little girls. And then, Aww. you know, there's other ex-Amish people that left in the community that we were a part of. Mm-hmm. And their families maybe didn't transition as quickly as mine. And okay, so yeah. I was allowed to wear pants before they were. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling self-conscious about that. There's so many weird experiences <laughs> that a lot of kids never have to think about. Yeah. My sister never has had to think about not like she has never had a first time that she got to wear pants she's never had a first time that she wore her hair down you know like her life she's 11 years younger than me she was born the year i went to sixth grade the first year i went to public school her life has been entirely different than mine and her first language was english Mm -hmm. like it's it's bizarre it is bizarre it really is it really is yeah so anyways it's rambly. It's full of other stories that aren't necessarily a part of me leaving the Amish, but there's more of my story. And you got, I feel like you got to see, I feel like I got to talk more about what it looked like mm-hmm. when we left the Amish. Well, before we wrap up here, I want to ask you one more question. Mm-hmm. What is one thing that you think every woman should know? <laughs> Got served with a taste of my own medicine, mm-hmm. our own medicine. Yep. I kind of didn't think about it before we said that we should interview each other, mm-hmm. that we have to answer these questions. Yeah. Um, I realized that when you were like, what? what the questions? Why? And then I was like, no, I need them. Yeah. Well, it makes me feel better that I'm going to ask you these questions too. So you have to answer them too. Um, I think for me... I would say that it is very important for women, girls to know that their life does not have to look like anyone else's life. Whatever you decide you want to do is okay. Whatever you want your life to look like, you can make it look like that and that's okay. There is no need to compare it to anyone else's life. And I think that's probably the most important thing I would say. That I've learned for women that mm-hmm. that I think women should know from my own life experiences so far. I absolutely agree with you. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Thank you, Alma, for being a guest <laughs> on your own podcast. Thanks um, for sticking with me through all the rambling, guys. 
<laughs> I thought it was fun. Um, if you don't already, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Friendship Bread. If you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcast, or even if you're listening on Spotify, go ahead and hit those five stars for us. That would be fantastic. Um, you could also share this episode with your friends. Any of those things would really help out um, the podcast a lot. We also have a website and a blog. If you haven't checked that out yet, you can find that at thefriendshipbread.com. And we have some really great blogs and resources up there for you. So go check that out. And again, we just want to thank you for joining us for this conversation. And we hope that you will tune in next week for another episode of the Friendship Bread Podcast. Bye! Thank you.